you would never like draw a boundary with anybody because that would upset somebody. Basically, you didn't want to ever upset anybody and then cause chaos. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode. So if you haven't already seen and if you haven't already bought your tickets to my event that is happening in Australia, can you believe it? You need to do so. You only have until November 11th to get your early bird ticket for the pre-sale, and then the prices will go up $1,000 if the tickets aren't already sold. I'm recording this in advance time, so for all I know, we're manifesting that the tickets are already sold by this point, um, or there are only a few left. So if you are on the wait list, hopefully you've already snapped, snatched up your space. And if not, then make sure that you grab one now or you are on the wait list for the next event um, if you cannot come to this one. Okay, so today's episode is about people-pleasing. This is going to be a juicy one, so strap in. Now, I know there are plenty of you that are people-pleasers. Whether you know you're a people-pleaser or whether you don't know you're a people-pleaser, this episode's going to be really helpful for you, for men and women, for everybody. And you might want to save this one to come back to in the future as well because you are literally not going to want to miss out on it because it's really, really, it's really good. All the notes that I've written down and everything like that. Okay. First thing that I want to say is that if you have not already submitted your form for Queen Alchemy 11, please do so. Because if you are a people pleaser, you need to do that program because that is my trauma healing program for women. If you are a man, then you need to be on the wait list for the man as that will also tremendously help you. This episode is going to bring a lot of awareness and light that hopefully will just help you to start to even want to change this habit and to realize that it is damaging you more than you think. Now, this isn't then then go into freak out mode. Oh my God, I'm damaging myself. The self-awareness is really important, right? Because if you have that awareness and you desire to change, then you have the motivation to actually want to change. So please ensure that you are on the wait list or whatever program that you need to be on. Okay. So I want to go through um, like a really overarching view of this first so that we all kind of understand what I'm talking about when I get into more specifics. So if you are a people pleaser, often what has happened is that you have grown up in an environment where you basically did not feel safe speaking up and doing you. You only felt safe when you were keeping the peace, when you were not being vocal, when you were not rocking the boat, and when you could ensure that you were basically keeping things from exploding. So let's say, for example, as a kid, you were, what would be an example? Okay. Let's say as a kid, you grew up in a very chaotic household that made you feel unsafe, right? And so as a result, the way that you adapted to it was was to ensure that you never rejected anybody's ideas, you never spoke up for yourself, you were never too expressive or too emotional with your own emotions, that you, you know, didn't have – so what happens as an adult is that literally that exact same thing. You don't know how to draw boundaries, you don't want to upset people, you're constantly afraid of being rejected – you don't want to rock the boat. And the main, the, really the main thing is, is that you lose yourself. You lose yourself. You are not your authentic self. You are very afraid of being ridiculed, shamed, yelled at, anything like that. And you're pretty much constantly living in a state of stress. That will often then show up as gut health, hormonal issues in all ways, shapes or form or form and form, whatever, um, anxiety, 
depression, OCD tendencies, um, inability to concentrate, procrastination, perfectionism, that is then how it will show up, which really is debilitating. So I want you guys to take notes for this episode, fully embrace it, be curious, be curious for yourself, and then ensure that you have put your name down and filled in that form and 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 paid that first installment for Queen Alchemy or for the man so that you can actually fix this. Awareness is great, but it doesn't do anything if you don't then take steps to actually heal the root of this trauma, if that makes sense for everybody. Okay. So I want to give you some examples of ways that you could possibly help, that could possibly help to self-identify whether you are a bit of a people pleaser. So if you struggle to say no to others, if you have feelings of anger and or guilt towards yourself, if you um, are constantly taking on responsibility to take things off other people's plates so that you can keep the peace, even if you're already overwhelmed, if you have a lot of difficulty and fear setting clear personal and professional boundaries, if you often feel like you're taken advantage by other people or other people walk, walk, walk all over you and you're a bit of a doormat, that is people-pleasing tendency. If you are um, you know, put in a situation where you need to speak up, whether it's for yourself, a situation, whether it's to bring an opinion to the table, whether it's to defend somebody, whatever it is, you will go into a feeling of discomfort or um, intense anxiety and stress. And then severe codependency in relationships. And I kind of put that one to the side of like codependency and that the way that it's going to show up is I depend on you to feel a certain way. I actually am going to do an episode on like codependency because I feel like in the personal development space, everyone's like, you can't be codependent. You can't be codependent. But the reality is that at humans, as humans, we actually are codependent and that we do depend on other people. So I will do an episode on that. So just pin that one for now, everybody. I don't want people like overthinking that right now. Okay. So as an example, as a child, you may learn that if you are to talk back to your parents, that will create or cause an even scarier and more threatening situation. There could be punishment for talking back. There could be, and I also want to say, let's not be nanny parents. Like that's not like, not nanny parents. What's the word? Let's not be those parents that then let our kids get away with blue murder. That's not what I'm saying, right? It's important that your kid doesn't think you can just talk back all the time and do whatever it wants as a six-year-old. But when the fear of talking back is a full-on stress response of intense punishment, that is then going to create a lot of trauma, right? Um, Other examples, oh my God, something's happening to my screen. Hold on a second. Well, I know what has happened. Lol. Um, other examples are um, if you, as a kid, felt like expressing your emotions was going to lead to a fight or some kind of um, chaos in the family, that would create this feeling of like me expressing myself is dangerous or wrong. Um, and then, especially if a situation happens or happened when you were a kid or a teenager where you expressing yourself gives you the um, the feeling or the idea or the knowing really, because often it's because it's actually happened before, where you having any kind of assertiveness to a situation is going to lead to your body going into a flight response or a fight response or a numbing out response. It will cause you to create the story of me expressing myself could kill me. 
because that response is actually a very primal response, right? Where your primitive brain is kicking in, thinking that there is a full-on danger in the wild. When maybe you grew up in an abusive household or maybe you didn't, but your brain is giving off the illusion that you will, that the, the response that you will die, whether you actually will or not. Okay. So, um, if you, another, some other things that I want to give you guys examples of, if you have difficulty identifying your own feelings, that can be a sign that you have major people pleasing tendencies. Um, if you feel like you don't have a strong personal identity, that's a really good one to look out for as well. If you obviously are constantly trying to please everybody or appease everybody else, if you are always seeking other people's opinions to determine if your opinion is safe to express, that is a huge one, right? We live in a society where you can be heavily shamed and wronged for believing in something or having an opinion on something that Sally Smith doesn't agree with right? Especially on social media. And what can happen as a result of that is that you are tiptoeing around everything. And especially if you have a business that's online, you're tiptoeing around because you're constantly afraid of upsetting somebody and then you being heavily shamed. So you kind of put out these feelers of like, will this opinion of mine be agreed with? If so, great, I'll express it. If not, then write that shit back in. That's something to also be aware of, especially if you're running a business, okay? Um, If you are, (sighs) Monday morning yawn. If you are most importantly neglecting, rejecting, not listening to whatever word you want to input there, rejecting or neglecting your own values and beliefs, that is a really, really big one. And this is a really important one because for a lot of people, when they start dating and getting into relationships, they, without realizing, let go of or neglect their own beliefs or most important values. And then later down the track of the relationship, it's like, fuck, I have like given up and rejected the really, really important things that I knew that I needed. And now I'm in this relationship and a part of me is like, what the fuck happened? Really, really important thing to make sure that you call out for yourself. And then of course, try and stop doing it. Okay. So the fourth type of response that's often you guys probably have heard about it in more so in terms of like murder mysteries and like kidnappings and stuff is there's fight, there's, there's, there's fight, there's flight, there's freeze and there's fawn. So what happens with fawn is that basically people will give up themselves to appease a potential source of threat, whether it's obviously an extreme case, it's like a kidnapper, right? Otherwise, day to day, it's your boyfriend, your friend, your boss, your mom, whatever. They they give up their own values, their own selves to appease another person that is generally giving them a source of threat, whether they are or not, they are perceiving that there is threat. And what happens is them fawning, it oops, sorry, I have to put something on my on my keyboard. Them fawning, right? Them changing themselves is an attempt to avoid conflict. 
Now, this, when we talk about trauma separate to like murders and kidnappings and all those kind of things, you guys have heard Stockholm Syndrome. It's literally the same thing, right? So what happens is though in terms of more of like, let's say a realistic situation where most of us are going to have done this in some way, shape or form in our life. Fawning happens when in childhood, a traumatic event has happened, whether it is a big traumatic event or whether it's small, it's about how we perceived it as a kid. And let's just go into our kid mind. So we perceived it as a kid as something really, really bad and dangerous. And what happens is that as a kid, we will learn to fawn to avoid any further conflict. Whether the conflict is physical violence, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, whether it's literally just the feeling of rejection, whether it's the feeling of I've done something wrong, whatever it is, they want to avoid feeling that feeling again. The child you, right, is basically trying to keep their, let's say caregiver, mom, dad, biological mom, dad, or whether it's adoptive or whether it's some other caregiver, trying to keep them happy so that they can stay safe, so that the kid can stay safe, so that the mom, the dad, whoever it is, cannot go into an explosive state or cannot shut them down or make them feel wrong again or whatever it is. I, I do want you guys to remember that trauma is a scale. And this relates to everybody. So for some of you, it's going to be, I did that to stop my mom or my dad getting abusive. For some of you, it's, I did that to stop feeling like I was the wrong sibling, right? Or to stop feeling rejected by dad. That's why I did that, for example. Or to stop feeling like I was being left out of groups in school, whatever the situation is, right? That will be the fawning. Because don't forget, you can fawn over people your same age. It's just about you trying to essentially not be rejected, hurt, whatever. Like just think about those kind of feelings where it's going to elicit a response of I don't feel safe. You are trying to avoid as a kid or a teenager or an adult those feelings coming up in your body, okay? So that is basically people pleasing in a nutshell and really understanding the trauma behind it. And what's most important to understand is that people pleasers will – literally believe that the it is better to give away their needs, their right, their preferences, X, Y, and Z, to ensure that the relationship is, stays stable and to ensure that they feel, quote unquote, loved as best as they can. It is all a response of trying to feel safe. So what's important to understand is like, okay, if this is a response of I am just trying to feel safe, what is that doing to my body, to my physical body, to my mental health as well, right? Let's go to physical body first. So what is that doing to my physical body? Okay. So I'm constantly feeling unsafe or there is this underlying constant state of stress of me avoiding feeling unsafe, How that is going to show up is intense gut dysbiosis and gut health issues, digestive issues, bowel movement issues, all the things, right? Bloating, leaky guts, like a leaky gut lining, all those kind of things are going to show up because what what's really important to understand is so one, energetically, we hold the feeling of safety in our stomach, but then number two, the vagus nerve is connected from our brain to our gut. Everyone, this is your reminder to make sure that you have snatched up a ticket to my Melbourne event if you haven't already. The pre-sale closes on November 11th, so very, very shortly. And then the tickets will reopen 
thinking maybe around January if we have any left in February, and then that's it. This is my only event that I'm doing in Australia. So if you live in Australia or you live nearby, please, I urge you to buy a ticket. If you have any questions on whether this is a right fit for you, please just send me an email. I don't bite. Um, if you're deciding between this and something else, or you need you know, me to answer some questions that you have about it or like some concerns or worries that you need me to help you to work through or to understand, then I'm here. I'm absolutely here to help. So you just shoot me a DM or shoot me an email so I can answer them. And do not forget the pre-sale. So the $1,000 off ends November 11 at midnight. So it is up to you to claim a space before that. There will be no tickets available for you to purchase afterwards. And then the ticket will go up to its full price. So all the details are on the link below. And let's jump back into the episode. So when we have this stress response going off, it is literally fucking up our gut, not to mention every other organ at the exact same time. And then the catch 22 is that when our gut is all fucked up, that then causes our mindset to be right? Because we now know that serotonin is so much of it, like a lot of serotonin is actually produced in your gut. So when your gut health, and I'm sure many of you have experienced this before, if you've done any kind of work on your gut health, of when your gut health is off, you're feeling more moody, irritable, anxious, you know, the brain fog is there. It's harder to concentrate X, Y, and Z. Okay. And then that kind of creates the bad gut health as well, because you get frustrated with yourself, you get stressed with yourself, which then also causes your gut health to get worse. So that's why it's really important to be kind of working on the two things at once. Like when a client comes to me with, let's say people pleasing issues and a whole pile of trauma behind it and gut health issues, I'm like, we need to work with both at one time because we don't want to be working with one, but the other one is like fucking up the work that we're doing. If that makes sense. Like if we're just working on the trauma side of things, right? But your gut health is still off and it's sending an anxious response to your brain all the time, which is then making you still randomly stressed about things, causing your gut, like causing the feelings of unsafety to come back. Can you see how that it's like not really working? You need to be doing the two things at once, right? Modern medicine is fantastic. I am a big advocate for, we need it, obviously, right? I needed it many times before. I'm sure many of you have needed it many times before. And what we need to understand is that modern medicine does not have a preventative approach. Even if you went to uni like me and I learned that in nutrition, Australia has a preventative approach. I'm like pig's ass it does. Nowhere in modern medicine is there a preventative approach, right? Because it doesn't make money. And when we look at capitalism, capitalism is all about making money. It's not about fixing a problem. And like my friends and I were talking about this yesterday on a walk and something that I always say to myself and to like clients or whatever it is, and just even just about my business is people will ask like, or like marketing people that I've hired before, like, what's your retention rate? I'm like, what? I'm like that, you know, like it's good to have a high retention rate. And I'm like, no, it's not. If clients are needing me year after year after year, I'm not doing my job well enough. My job is to make myself redundant to my clients because then I know I've done a well, I've done a good job. Now, granted, some clients, right, will want years with me. And really, somebody that wants 
to get to tip top fucking shape, they're going to want about like a year, two years, because a lot of shit happens in those periods of time that helps you to keep healing. Things, you know, new things, things get triggered in new ways. You get into relationships, you have breakups, jobs change, like all of those things are important, right? So a two-year period is a really good chunk of time to do some heavy, heavy work on yourself and then you're kind of done basically, right? Because you now have so much self-awareness and tools and, you know, like integration and you got all the things then to kind of be going forward. But, you know, when we, when I see these therapists that are having clients for 10 years, right? You know, I have clients myself that have gone to therapy for 10 years. I'm like, oh my God, are we seeing the issue here? Like you having to continuously try and fix a thing for 10 years is telling me that the thing isn't actually being fixed, right? It's like this illusion of it's being fixed, it's being fixed. No, there's a Band-Aid. And you guys, I've heard about, I've talked about this before, even with therapy, like a lot of therapy, not all of it, but a lot of therapy is a Band-Aid. It doesn't actually fix the root well enough. But anyway, that's a whole other side point. Coming back to Western medicine. So with Western, with, um, with Western medicine and like modern medicine, same thing. The, the lack of preventative approach means that we look at things in terms of like gut health and we just see like take a drug. We don't see let's fix the root and let's look at all things that could be affecting the gut. So not just what you're eating, not just your lifestyle choices, but also the trauma, the stress that you've been under, right? Like what other things do we also need to be looking at? That is a holistic approach and, a, and an approach that is really going to fix the problem because modern medicine, it does dismiss the connection between trauma and physical health issues. But the thing is that the root of chronic pain, fatigue, you know, gut issues, nervous system imbalances, anxiety, OCD, whatever, all the things, it's all rooted in the brain's response to things and the body's response to things. So we need to be looking at things and hitting things from two angles, right? And what's really important to also understand is that the vagus nerve, like I was talking about before, it has many branches of um, sensory fibers that also run through the lungs, the heart, the your reproductive system, the genitals, literally every major organ, it runs through and to the brain. So hence, if you are in a constant state of trauma, you'll see fertility issues. You'll see hormonal imbalances. You will see your period getting fucked up. You will see heart palpitations. You will see difficulty breathing. That is why we have all of these issues because our body is so interconnected. It is so, so interconnected. So you just doing a quick mindset flick isn't going to actually fix the issue. It's going to be fucking great for you. It's going to be a great starting point for many of you. Like my audio tracks that I've created, I've created a lot of them for you and more are coming over December and January. And I have a whole like um, little mini ebook thing that you guys can get for and a meditation that's included in there for over New Year's, which you guys will hear about later. Not the point. Point being is like those meditations, they're not really meditations. Some of them are, but they're also just like audio tracks. They are great for changing your mindset which is important because it's going to help change your energy, which is going to be a good starting point to give you momentum to want to do the work because you have to want to do this work. But what I really want you guys to understand when we're talking about, let's say, people-pleasing tendencies is that if you are 
being a people pleaser and not wanting to fix people pleasing, that's literally because you're people pleasing, right? And it's a fear of if I'm no longer a people pleaser, if I'm no longer, you know, making sure everybody's happy, then it's this danger response of what's going to happen. Is everybody going to hate me? Am I going to be rejected? X, Y, and Z. There is so many like things that need to be factored in when you are wanting to heal something. So when, when, when you are wanting to heal to keep on the topic, when you are wanting to heal people pleasing, a question that I want to ask you guys, if you want to heal it, let's say, is do you actually want to heal it? Like, do you no longer want to be giving yourself away? Do you no longer want to feel like you have no real identity? Do Are you ready to actually draw boundaries, put your foot down, to rock the boat sometimes? Because for a lot of people, it can seem like a good idea, but they're afraid to do that. That doesn't mean that you need to be not afraid when you come to me, for example. You can still be afraid, but you identifying that fear is actually what's important. Because for a lot of people, they'll go into this work, they won't identify that fear, and then they'll wonder why it's not working, or they'll wonder why they keep self-sabotaging or keep going back into bad behaviors. It's actually because... They are afraid of the like the truest version of them, right? It's not about changing yourself into somebody that you don't know. You're actually going to get a sensation of I've, I'm home. You're going to get a sensation of this is what it feels like to know who I am, to be doing what makes me happy, and to actually be fucking happy alone. A lot of people don't know how to be alone, right? We link that in with the codependency of people-pleasing. They don't know how to be happy alone because they're constantly worried about everybody else but themselves, right? You could be working at work and you're constantly worried about, is your husband happy with you? Is your boss happy with you? Do your colleagues around you hate you? It's this constant, it's like, it does create social anxiety and it's this constant state of being very worried about what everybody else is thinking of you. And what happens with that is that you become so outwardly focused that you are, that's what then also causes when we look at not just, just the gut health, not when we look at people pleasing, that's what causes not just gut health issues, but also things like chronic fatigue. Because you are like, I've had clients before that have tried everything, gone to the naturopath, taken the herbs on everything to fucking fix their chronic fatigue. But actually what it was, was there was a subconscious state in them still as a 27 year old or whatever, this, this subconscious state where they are constantly worried about pleasing their dad or constantly worried about doing a good job at work or constantly worried about getting in trouble. And I know this relates to so many of you and it's just because you aren't aware of it or you don't feel it does not mean it's not affecting you because what happens is, is that you become accustomed to what you're used to. This is where like addictions come in. Like it become it can become addicted to, pe- to be a people pleaser, right? What happens is, is that, oh, what was that? Oh, yeah, okay. What happens is that we literally get addicted to this familiar feeling and anything outside of this familiar feeling will start to feel dangerous. So starting to draw a boundary can actually feel really, really dangerous, right? Well, that's why, so like if, for example, if you really needed to start drawing boundaries, it actually might not be a fit for you to go do my boundaries masterclass 
if you are going to go into a full on state of like freak out and trauma response by trying to draw boundaries. Or if you do have my boundaries masterclass, that's been happening for you. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you can't draw a boundary. It means you need to just do queen alchemy first or, you know, do um, like a little mini package with me first, which is, I don't know whether I still have them at this point. Cause I know this is like in the future that this is going to go out, but in September, late September, I announced that because of my team growing and everything and me having more time, I'm going to be able to bring back those mini packages that I used to do where you could just get two one-on-ones. Um, so I doubt there's going to be any right now as at this at the point of this one being available, but maybe next year. That's why my event comes in handy, right? So my event, for example, we're doing so much trauma healing and so much intense somatic work that it's going to then release all that trauma so that you actually can draw a boundary. And we do boundary work in there. If you, and actually speaking of the event, like if you are someone that does self-sabotage and is kind of afraid of of quote unquote changing and doing this work, then I urge you to do in-person work with me. I urge you to do whatever it takes to come to my event in May in Australia. One, I'm never going to do one in Australia again. And then two, the reason why this is so important is that you can't self-sabotage or avoid or like, you know, be on your phone in the middle of a process, but you could be on a Zoom call because your camera could be off and I wouldn't know. So if you are someone that actually really fucking struggles to go deep and like your ego gets in the way, your fear gets in the way, you not wanting to drop your guard gets in the way, then you absolutely need to come to my event because that won't get in the way. And you're in the environment where like everyone is fucking getting so animalistic and primal that you want to get involved in it anyway. You'd feel like the weirdo not engaging if that makes sense. So last thing that I want to say on people pleasing to kind of wrap this all up for you is I want you guys to reflect on the situations in your life. This is a bit of homework for you. I want you to reflect on the situations in your life where you feel afraid of being rejected, being neglected, being even abused being um, told that you are crazy or wrong, whatever it is, where you feel basically like you have to appease somebody else in order to feel safe. I want you to think about that and take some time to really start to ponder on that question because it is a very, very important question that a lot of us don't take the time to think about that literally can be life-changing. Because by you starting to be aware of the of the things that you do subconsciously and the ways that you reject yourself, you can start to come home to yourself. It is powerful to know the ways in which you reject yourself because we reject our values, our beliefs, our, our desires. We reject them more than we think. Because at the end of the day, we just want to be loved and accepted and validated and a part of a community. We do. And I would say since COVID, this has definitely gotten worse. Definitely. There is a really interesting split since COVID. I should do an episode on it where we have like half the population that's become very anxiously attached to everyone. And then the other half that's just like, completely lost since it, which is really, really sad. But for those of you that have become kind of people pleasers since COVID, it's generally going to be unconscious and you're not really going to be aware of it. And I want you to start to be aware of it so that we can start to fix it. 
Okay. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode about people pleasing and that it's helped you to realize the really the reasoning behind people pleasing and the fact that it is damaging to you and to your relationships. Like if we think about the way in which people pleasing, let's do two examples. Okay. How is people pleasing damaging to your relationships and how is people pleasing damaging to your work? Okay. So how is it damaging to your relationships? Let's say for example, you and your partner get into a bit of a fight and you are shutting down how you are feeling in the fight and how you have experienced the situation that happened before the fight because you just want it to be over and you don't want to be rejected by him and you're feeling really scared in that situation that he's going to leave you. I'm just quickly interrupting the episode, ladies and gentlemen, to remind you that I have opened up something new for you. So I've opened up a mini one-on-one package, which is a two-session one-on-one package with me. You also get two weeks of text message, voice message support as well. And this is perfect for you if you are not yet ready to invest in a longer term commitment, but you still want to get some healing done. So, you know, in these two weeks, you are going to feel like a huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders and you really will feel like you are a huge step closer to being the dream version of yourself. I've helped women in these past many one-on-ones break the cycle of binge eating. I've helped them to release a lot of resentment and anger so that they can come back to their feminine energy in their relationship. I've helped women in these situations to, you know, no longer feel shame around past situations that have happened to them, um, to, you know, no longer have bad PMS, to heal their PCOS, whatever it is. And so whatever you need to work on, maybe there's one little thing at the moment, or maybe there's two things, you're going to bring them to me for this mini one-on-one. And we'll just kind of break it down and make a really good action plan the two of us in a way that feels comfortable with you. And we will tackle as much as we can in those two sessions and in those two weeks. So I love this mini one-on-one package because it allows you to get a little bit of a taste of working with me and what my coaching is like and how I do my work with my clients. So whatever you need help with, whether it is energetic upgrades, whether it's you know, confidence, whether it's trauma, whether it's sexuality, whether it's business, money, boundaries, feminine embodiment, dating relationships, whatever it is, I am here for you and you will absolutely do it. So if you would like to book in one of these sessions, all you need to do is follow the link below and you will see all the details on my website page. I do want to just let you know that there may be a waiting period once you decide to join of up to three months. Obviously, we will do our best to get you in ASAP, but depending on the time of the year and when you book and what else I have going on, I just want to give you that little bit of a heads up. So if you haven't already claimed a space for yourself and you would like to, I would highly encourage you to do so, especially because there will be a little bit of a waiting, a waiting period. Um, so yeah, any questions about the mini one-on-one package, just let me know. Otherwise I can't wait to get into the work with those of you that have already claimed the space for yourself. What happens in that situation as a result? Your feelings and your experience go unnoticed. And it's not really his fault because you haven't spoken up, right? This is the thing. It's not really his fault. You can't call him a narcissist or, you know, anything like that when you didn't speak up. Like he didn't know. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're saying, sorry, 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 like you're right, you're right, you're right. Like a man is very simple. They take exactly what you said on board. So what's going to happen then is that let's say, for example, what you, like, let's say, for example, what you experienced was, um, you know, you didn't like at the dinner party the night before, 
uh, being talked over by him. And he was getting annoyed in the fight because, well, he, he was talking over you because he was trying to protect you from something, let's say. So in his mind, he's doing something right. And in your mind, you want to be able to protect yourself. And then you start apologizing, 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 and people pleasing in the fight. Now, what happens is your true desire or your true point of, for all my life, I have felt like I can't stand up for myself. And at the dinner party table, it happened again. So I was trying to speak up, right? That was what was happening for you. But then, of course, you didn't speak up when the fight happened. So guess what? You're apologizing. You're right. You're right. Actually, yeah, I see your point. You're right. So your boyfriend does it again. Or your husband or your partner does it again and again and again. And he's thinking he's doing the right thing because you're not saying otherwise. But all through that time where he keeps doing it, you just feel like a fucking shell of yourself. And what's happening is we have two people that are actually trying to do right by each other, having two very different experiences, very different ideas of what's right in the exact same situation. And this is an important one to bring up, ladies and gentlemen, because if you're in a relationship with somebody, generally speaking, even if the person is fucked in the head and a narcissist, generally speaking, no matter how fucked up it seems, they're actually trying to do right by you. And that's something I'll talk about when I do a narcissist episode, but even narcissists can literally be thinking that they're trying to do right by you, but they're like, just do it. Like there's a bit fucked up in the head. So they're not doing it. They're not, they're not actually act actively out to get you. If that makes sense. They literally don't know they're doing anything wrong. That's why I like trying to speak to a narcissist and tell them they're a narcissist. It doesn't actually go anywhere. So for this example of John and Jill, right at the dinner party, they're actually trying to do right by each other. So Jill is trying to avoid, you know, Jack leaving her. So she's trying to do right by the situation and she really doesn't like fights and really doesn't do well in fights because her body goes into a full on state of, of a shit fit. So she really doesn't like fights. And so as a result, um, She's just trying to do good by the situation of keep the peace in the relationship so they stay happy because she doesn't want them to be miserable. And then he's trying to do right by her by protecting her and standing up for her. So can you see how it's like you not speaking up and being a people pleaser? It doesn't just hurt you. It hurts the relationship. It hurts the other person in the relationship. Let's do a job example. So let's say, for example, that, you know, um, okay, you have a job. And your boss calls you into her office and she says, I need you to stay late for the next week. We have a really big project on, blah, blah, blah. And you just say, okay. But actually you wanted to say like, no, I can't. My best friend is in town with her kids that I haven't seen in three years. And I was going to hang out with them every night, but now you can't. And you didn't say no. So what happens in that situation? You work, you resent yourself you resent your boss. You are really sidetracked when you're working at nighttime, feeling super guilty and shameful about the situation. So you can't even do a good job at work, by the way, like your motivation down the fucking drain and your productivity levels and your focus and your attention to detail. But at the same time, you're feeling so bad and guilty towards your friend. You're worried that she's hating you for it right? You're worried that it's going to ruin your relationship. And so there is a pile of emotions going on that you are not addressing. And what does it do? It causes you to lose your sense of self again. It probably causes you to have a little bit of a numbing out, an out-of-body experience where you're just trying to get through. You're in a full-on trauma response every evening for that week or 
honestly, the whole day probably because you know what's coming, you know what's leading up to it. And at the end of the day, you get fired for your job, right? Or whatever. This is kind of extreme, but we're going with it. Fired for your job because your productivity is now so low because that week just ate you alive with fucking guilt and anger and pity, not pity, and shame and frustration at yourself and at the situation. And then you get fired and then you feel even worse about yourself and you go into a full-on shame spiral until you finally hit rock bottom and then maybe you do something about it. I know that might seem extreme to some of you, but that actually happens to a lot of people. It's on a longer timeline. Like my friend and I were talking about how for a lot of people, they don't understand that like investing in your health, people think I shouldn't spend that money on myself because like I don't have the money or it's a waste of money or it's too much of my income. But what they don't realize is the flow and effect from that of you paying, you know, for your health in whatever way, shape or form that is, that means that you are more productive, more motivated, right? You're a better wife, better girlfriend, whatever it is, better friend. Your skin's glowing. You're happy. You love yourself. You look in the mirror and you are really um, like happy with the way that you look because you've been physically looking after yourself as well as energetically, emotionally. Like I'm assuming we're hitting at all angles for whoever this is. Um, and then as a result, you're doing so well at work, you get a job promotion and you make it a pay rise and you make even more money. And then you look back and you're like, thank fuck I spent that money because that shifted me to be able to be this better version of myself to then be able to get this promotion. People don't take that flow and effect of, of investing in a situation or in them, sorry, in themselves, or they don't take the flow and effect of being in one negative situation and how that can affect every other facet, 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 whatever of your life. So I want you guys to actually, let's do another little bit of homework. What is one area of your life that is shitty right now? And I want you to do some brain surgery and really think about how this is affecting every other area of your life. If we were to do sleep, for example, I'm going to do an episode on sleep soon. You're having shitty sleep. How is that affecting your libido, your skin, your confidence, your motivation at work, your productivity at work, your output, right? Your physical health because you're not exercising, your mindset, your relationship, the food that you're eating. And then of course, you go to bed again late the next night because you get sucked into numbing out to a TV show. People have no, I'm going to do an episode on this because I know you guys need to know how to like get out of these bad cycles, but people do not take the second to think about the flow on effect that maybe seems quote unquote less obvious, but when you actually get it, you're like, holy fuck, this is so obvious. So you guys are those two pieces of homework for today. Make sure that you bought your ticket to my next event. If you have not already, if you're not coming to the event, or you can't come to the event, then make sure that you have filled in your form and claimed your space for Queen Alchemy round 11. Cannot believe we're doing round 11. Um, and Be 11 Not A Mother and the Embodiment of Dating is opening again very, very shortly. So, or maybe it's even open again right now. So um, make sure that you are on the wait list for that or you've secured your space in the program. If you are wanting to do the Embodiment of Dating VIP, this next round of the VIP also includes a one-on-one with me for the healing work around relationships and men and our heart and all that kind of stuff. And then you also have access to, we have a group chat in in Telegram for three months. I'm honestly thinking about making it though, like 
four or five months because I'm like, what really happens in three months? So at this point in recording, it's three months, but it could be six months by the time that it's actually out. So just FYI on that. But all the details of the most up-to-date things with my programs are always going to be found on the website page when we launch it. So just make sure that you check the website page at the time of launch or when it's open so that you are getting the most up-to-date details because I do record my episodes in advance. And so things can change depending on what I'm feeling like is going to be the best for you guys. Okay. Have an amazing rest of your day. I hope that this episode blew your mind. Do not forget to repost it on your Instagram stories, to tag me, to tag the podcast, and also leave a review if you haven't already. Thank you guys. Okay. I know that there are plenty of you that suck at drawing boundaries and maybe possibly a bit of a people pleaser. If you know you are one of those people, you need to get my boundaries masterclass. There is a part one, there is a part two. It is combined, so you get both of them now. Previously, we split them, now they're combined. And it is just so much bang for your buck. Like, in part two, it's a fantastic Q&A, which a lot of you guys are going to relate to and find really helpful and specific examples and how to navigate them and actually draw the boundary and then hold the boundary. And then part one, it's not only, like, what a boundary is and just like, oh, yeah, like, say this. It's actually about how to embody the boundary. It's way past just knowing what a boundary is. We go through those things. It's past that. It is the deepest level of living out your boundaries. And this is going to help you to embody your self-worth. So if you find that you know you should, you know, not date that kind of guy or not do this kind of thing, but you somehow are still doing it, you suck at boundaries with yourself. And you are not embodying your self-worth. And this masterclass is going to help you. So if you don't already have it, the link is below for you to grab it. Do not wait. And let me know how you go with it.